So we're going to begin this year by looking at the book of Proverbs, and we're going to learn, hopefully, about wisdom that can help you get better at making decisions. This is a big deal, clearly, because all of our lives are made up of the sum of decisions that you make sometimes without even thinking about it. And you may have noticed this already, but some people are better or worse at making decisions than other people, and you can tell because you can see where decisions consistently get people. What's amazing, though, is that the ability to make decisions isn't a, well, it's not one of those things you're born with. It's a skill that you can improve. It's a muscle you can exercise, and if you put in the time to learn how to make better decisions, you'll find yourself in a better place. So we're going to start this year by looking at the book of Proverbs and learning together how to start making better decisions to end up at a better place. Now, most of you have already felt the weight of this topic. You already know this. Life is all about decision-making. You make hundreds of decisions each day. Some of them are easy and you're sure. Sometimes you've got hard decisions and you're not sure. But the fact is, all of us are who we are and where we are because of decisions we made in the past, which says that your future will also be determined by the decisions that you make. Now, this topic actually may seem like a very non-spiritual skill set. Like sometimes you think about, like you've got faith, and then you've got uh, academics or something. Sometimes you think, uh, these are very different worlds. Like, uh, even I do this. Sometimes I know people who make really bad decisions, and even for me, like, it feels weird to think about uh, decisions as a spiritual exercise. Like, um, you know, I, I'm not normally like, you know, please pray for so-and-so. They're backsliding. They've stopped reading their Bible. They've made the decision to not go to church. And, and also they're uh, cheering for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I, I put those in very different categories most of the time. They seem like very different things. But football jokes aside, the decisions that you make in your mind, like that, your head is actually part of your heart. As weird as this sounds, part of your faith and worship involves using your mind. Don't take my word for it, though. This is what Jesus says. This is big. Think about the implications here. Jesus replies in Matthew 22, and he's talking about the big one, the first and biggest commandment. He says, this is it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And I would just stop there, right? That's, that's faith, right? Jesus says, and with all your what? Mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. This is Jesus here, which tells us that God calls each of us to use your mind. An exercise in thinking is deeply spiritual and worshipful. Like there are some folks who just naturally think that faith and thinking uh, are the opposite. But Jesus says thinking is actually part of worship. It's part of how you love the Lord. Your mind was made to worship, which is how you think is part of faith, and how you think affects all of your life. Your decisions, how you respond to other people's decisions, which is another decision you get to make, those might be some of the main things you get to control in your life, right? 
There's so many things you can't. You can control what you decide, which sort of, I mean, I don't want to overemphasize this, but the way that you control your entire life is through decisions, which is scary to think about, right? The fact is, in the coming months and years, you will be in a better place or a worse place based on decisions that you make, even now. Which is why I'm so excited to talk about the book of Proverbs, because I am convinced that if you can exercise the muscle of decision-making and get better at uh, how you make decisions about all of your life, whether it's your job or your time or your resources or your relationships, if you can make better decisions, you'll have a better life. Now, the book of Proverbs is provocative because it is about, well, it's about two things, the tools and the path toward better decision-making, or as the, the book calls it, wisdom. You'll see the word wisdom used about 120 times in a very short section of the Bible, because the goal of Proverbs is to acquire and apply God's wisdom to the activities and choices of your life. We've already talked about this. Worshiping God with your mind involves asking hard questions. It looks like, you know, it's more than just looking up the answers in the back. It is a struggle sometimes. Uh, the, apostle puts, the Apostle Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 5, that being wise is important. In Ephesians 5, 15, he says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, the Apostle Paul says, part of being a Christian And you can read the first four chapters of Ephesians talking about the grace and the providence and God's kindness. But part of living that out looks like being careful. Being careful not to let yourself just coast, not to let life just happen to you. Be careful not to miss the chances to do things well. Living in the light of the gospel looks like living wisely, making the most of every opportunity. And doing just that becomes a very worshipful, spiritual, and Christian activity. So I want to encourage you, this week, next week, the week after, open the book of Proverbs, read it, and think about it. It's really easy. There's uh, 31 chapters. There's like 31 days in a month. Uh, Read a chapter a day. Exercise your head a little bit. Ask some hard questions. Uh, That's your assignment. But what I want to do is I want to give you three simple ideas to help you understand that. Here's the first idea. Wisdom, you need to know this, is more than philosophy. In the Bible, wisdom is skill. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word hakma, used for wisdom, is used for a very broad range of things. You find the word used for, honestly, it's words you would pick differently. You'll find the word used to describe people with skills, with training or education, you'll see a bunch of verses that go something like this. This is Exodus 28, verse 3, and uh, I'll read it. Uh, Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom. And you're like, that's a weird word to use. Uh, And if you don't think about it, you go, so these are people who have skills to explain philosophy, right? No, no, no. Uh, here's their wisdom. They're able to make garments for Aaron, for his consecration, that they may serve me as priest, which is funny. Um, basically, wisdom in this verse describes people who are good at 
fashion designing or making clothes. You wouldn't normally think about wisdom that way, but you need to know this. In the Bible, wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom is more than just the ability to uh, explain the railroad switch philosophy question. In this text, wisdom is talking about people who are good at, of all things, designing clothes. And God calls skill wisdom and says that that skill developed over time, comes from God. And the designer might be, no, 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 I, I, I learned this from making a lot of mistakes, or I worked really hard, I went to school, I was an apprentice. But the Bible indicates that even those things, skills, are gifts from the Lord. This sort of is mind-blowing. But the Bible teaches that people who work with their hands, creatives, artists, designers, construction workers, farmers, People work with their heads, accountants, writers, educators. Uh, That's called wisdom. They're called wise. The Bible seems to teach that people who've learned their crafts or thought about difficult problems, these can be very Christian things to do, which is a little bit of a stretch for folks. But here's the fact. The Bible's definition of wisdom is as broad as skills you take lessons for. Wisdom in the Bible is certainly bigger than what we would call philosophy or knowledge. Uh, You could expand it to all all of science, uh, which is at one level discovering how the Lord set up the world. Fields like medicine, technology, sociology, accounting, these are all skills somehow given by God even to people way outside of faith, far from the Bible, you can discover God's wisdom by studying how God set up the world. This is a big concept. What this means is that things that you'll never think of as spiritual, let's throw some things out. Getting a better golf swing, learning ballet, learning how some breeds of pigeons do flips, helping your uh, kids with math homework, Like, this is all in that category of the skills that God gives to humans as they study the world God made. And in the Bible, that's called wisdom. And you have the ability to love the Lord with all your mind by studying and appreciating God's creation. Skills can be worshipful. So yesterday, I spent my morning by taking my son Jude, he's eight years old, to basketball, practice at the Goshen High School. And uh, it occurred to me, while I'm watching eight-year-olds learn how to not to, dri- not to double dribble, <laughs> but it occurred to me that I can watch a coach teach eight-year-olds the best technique to dribble balls with a maximum amount of speed and control. And it occurred to me that what coaches are doing in those moments are passing along skills learned over decades by people playing basketball, but that can be wisdom which can come from God. It occurred to me, sitting there watching the chaos of the gym, that I can, as a Christian, go, what's happening here, uh, God made the human hand. God designed physics. Wisdom somehow can allow me to watch this take place and go, God did this somehow. Here's the point. Wisdom is this way of connecting faith and career. It connects theology and homework. It connects 
Sunday morning to Monday because wisdom is how to navigate God's creative world looking for order in all the things that God made. It's figuring out the weather. Wisdom is what wonders how the marketplace works. Wisdom equips you to see history and glow closer to the Lord because what you're doing when you figure out how to navigate the world is developing the skills that come from studying what God set up. And ultimately, loving the Lord with your mind, seeing wisdom as skill that comes from the Lord, it doesn't just make you more motivated to learn and develop knowledge and passions. It can help you make better decisions and find the Lord in places you might not be looking. So that's the first thing to understand Proverbs. Wisdom is more than philosophy. The second key, when you read Proverbs and other wisdom books, is that wisdom is deeply relational. You may have learned this the hard way. Let's confession time here. Most of us make our worst, dumbest, most impulsive choices when we're the most isolated. When all you're thinking about me right now when your decisions revolve around that instead of us for the long term, that's when wisdom goes out the door. In the Bible, wisdom is always relational. It's always with others and with the Lord at the center of things. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 summarizes this really well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. In the Bible, wisdom is always connected to a proper relationship with the Lord. Wisdom in Proverbs becomes bigger than even a skill set. It starts by a trust in who God is, And it begins with gratitude for Christians for what Christ has done for us. Even like ethical questions, like how do I treat other people? In the Bible, it's always filtered through the recognition of how Jesus has treated each of us. That affects the decisions we make. In Proverbs, you'll discover that the wise person acts out of the foundational belief that there is a God. I need to make choices with a bigger context of me right now because there's someone, there's something bigger and more long-lasting than just me in this instant. Wisdom starts with a belief in a God who creates all things. And we find in creation an order that we can follow, set up by the Lord. Wise people in the book of Proverbs insist I'm making decisions out of a moral law operating in the world. There's right, there's wrong, there's justice, there's injustice, and there's a judgment coming when all the wrongs will be made right. In the Bible, wisdom has, let's be honest, it has very little relationship with someone's IQ or ability to make arguments well. Wisdom has more to do with morality and thinking about God in his right place. Which makes sense. You've probably all seen this, right? You know really smart people who are really dumb, right? (laughs) And dumb people who are really wise. In the Bible, the differential is relationship with the Lord. And to understand Proverbs, you need to understand that. 
The third principle to understand Proverbs might be the most difficult one to understand. I'll be honest about that. The fact is, this principle that I'm about to talk about takes a lifetime to figure out. Here's what's frustrating about the Bible. If you go to the book of Proverbs or the Bible for the answer key so you never have to make decisions yourself, you'll always be disappointed. It's not that simple. Because wisdom is always contextual. If you look uh, in the book of Proverbs for the right answers, you may not find them. Because the Bible isn't an answer key, it's a discipline. Let me, I'll illustrate it this way. So yesterday I'm watching Jude's coach teaching eight-year-olds how to play basketball, and they're not doing great. It's like Jude's third time touching a basketball this year. Uh, and, and the drills are really simple. And the coach says something like, we're going to teach you how to play basketball. Here's how you play basketball. And the kids go, where he goes, tells the kids, we're going to learn how to dribble. One hand, right hand, up and down. We're going to take 10 minutes and dribble. And all the eight-year-olds in the high school did that over and over again, one skill, and they kind of got it. And uh, the coach is right. This is how you dribble the ball. But imagine uh, you take those same kids, the eight-year-old kids, and go, okay, we're going to play a game of basketball. How do you play? And the eight-year-olds go, I know. The coach told me how to play. Here's what you do. You go like this with a basketball. And, and he's right. Like, don't, don't use two hands. Don't catch it. But... Uh, can you imagine playing a game of basketball and this is really all you do? Uh, and he goes, but the coach told me this is how you play basketball. The game would not last very long, right? This is like an invitation to steal the ball because you can master all the drills. The drills are great. There are right and wrong ways to do layups, but the game's complicated. Basketball is like every other game. There's rules and then there's playing the game. To be a basketball player is more than just knowing all the drills. You have to know when to do what. The game of basketball is about making adjustments. It's about putting your head up and going, I'm looking at the whole field and where's my teammates? Where's my opponents? And you've got to make 100 decisions within the rules, right? So you've got to know the drills, but then you've got to go, okay, right now, do I do a bounce pass? Do I take the shot? Do I pass? Do I go left? Like you can have all the skills right but playing the game is a different thing. It's knowing about what skill to bring out when. And there's absolutes. In basketball, there's some stuff you should never do. Do not tackle the person next to you. That's not good. But being a good basketball player is the ability to know what skill to pull out when. The book of Proverbs is like a list of drills. You should learn the drills. Master the rules That'd be good, but that's not all you have to do. Because wisdom is knowing which drill to pull out in which situation. Proverbs has a lot of good things to do. There's, there's stuff you should do, there's stuff you shouldn't do. But Proverbs, and the, maybe the Bible in general, doesn't always tell you what decision to make. Because life is like basketball, it's complicated. You've got to know more than just the rules. Wisdom is always contextual. It's looking at the field of options ahead of you and knowing what to pull out when. Now, here's one example. I use this all the time. I love this one. It makes me think. Um, let me set up a scenario. Okay, here's a decision that you're going to have to make in life. I hate to say it, but one day, here's a scenario. You find yourself listening to an idiot, like the Bible's realistic, it's going to happen to you. Talking to idiots is just part of life. 
you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. And uh, I'm not really sure what that looks like all the time. Maybe you're getting sucked into a weird political wormhole. Maybe you're yelling at the radio or you're in a school meeting or you're just dealing with a difficult customer and you find yourself, I'm listening to an idiot. What should I do next? And you go, this is a decision. I need help. You go, God, give me wisdom. And you look at an index and go, uh, talking to idiots. You go, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. And you go, God, thank you. Uh, I love answers. What do I do when I'm talking to an idiot? And you open to the Bible and it says, really clear. This is great. Do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. That's pretty clear. Whew. Man, one less decision to make. Solid, simple answer. When you're talking to a fool, don't go down their level. Don't even answer him. This is great. Uh, God's word, so don't respond to that comment on Facebook. Ignore the voicemail. Pretend the customer's not there. Boom, done. God, thank you for the wisdom that comes from heaven. Uh, and, And you may be like, this is great. I'm all set until you make the mistake of reading the next verse. Oh no, verse five comes after four and it says the exact opposite. Do answer a fool according to his folly or else he'll be wise in his own eyes, which is very clear and the exact opposite. In other words, yeah, make the comment, do call right away, call the person out because if you don't correct the idiot, who else is gonna talk to him? The exact opposite answer. And there are people who look at this two verses and go, look, the Bible is full of contradictions. You can't trust it, but that's not the fact. What's happening is the Proverbs is making a point, an interesting point, that for most scenarios you have to make decisions about, there's more than good answer. When you're playing the game of basketball, there's more than one move you can make next. For life, there's more than one good move you can make as you look at the field. Wisdom is more than learning all the rules and studying the drills. Wisdom is knowing what to pull out in a complicated game. You need to know this. Proverbs isn't a playbook. Proverbs is a list of rules. And wisdom is the ability to navigate the context of your life. It's looking at the field with all the complexity and situations that make up all the choices you have in life and is the skill to know which good thing to pull out. Proverbs isn't an answer. You could learn all the rules in about 31 days, read a chapter a day, think about it, ask hard questions, but here's the facts. You'll spend the rest of your life learning how to play within those rules, learning which good thing to do when, and that is what wisdom is. It's complicated. It's hard, but it's worth putting in the effort. I'm convinced that your life will be better if you put in the work to learn how to use the right godly skills of character to navigate the decisions that are ahead of you. It's worth spending the rest of your life figuring out. Wisdom, the decisions that you make matter. Like, think about how different your life might be right now if your parents or grandparents made different decisions, even little decisions, right? 
Your grandparents and parents made to them what seemed like small, maybe insignificant decisions, and they still affect the trajectory of your life today. They may have determined whether you even have a life, right? And your parents or grandparents weren't thinking about you. You weren't even around, but you today are impacted by choices, sometimes for better or worse. Uh, I don't know everyone's story. Maybe your life would be different today if your dad hadn't chosen to keep picking up that bottle. You probably know someone whose life would be different if their mom didn't choose to run off and leave the family. Like the opposite is true as well, right? Maybe, maybe your dad's the one that stopped the cycle of, of addiction. Maybe your mom chose to stay when other women would have walked away because it's hard. The point's really simple. You never know who or what hangs in the balance of choices that you make. But here's what we do know. Your choices matter. And private decisions often have public consequential outcomes. Decisions you may not even think about have big effects. And your ability to make decisions, it doesn't just affect you, it affects people around you. And we need to get this right. We need to write stories worth telling. We want to have good influence. We, I think we all want to make the world a better place. And I'm convinced that the way to do that starts by making wiser decisions. Now, next week, we're going to go back to the book of Proverbs. We're going to start unpacking uh, maybe two of the most famous metaphors in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to talk about how relationships and decision-making fits together with worship. I'm excited about what we'll talk about next week. But between now and, the, now and then, here's your assignment. Pick up the book of Proverbs. If you want a place to start, uh, it's January 8th today. It's, you know, sorry about the date in the bulletin, but tomorrow is the 9th. Uh, read Proverbs 9 tomorrow and think about it, ask hard questions, and we'll come back next week with the aim of making better decisions. So Father in heaven, I pray that you would bless us. Father, life can be confusing. We get so overwhelmed. Often we're too busy even to think about the choices that we're making. Father, remind us of your faithfulness. Father, help us to pause Give us the courage to examine ourselves and our heart. Help us to repent of things and habits that may be leading us in the wrong way. Father, can you help us to make decisions that honor you and honor others and show our love for the people around us. God, remind us of the faithfulness you have toward us and we follow you with the courage that comes from knowing we're loved. Ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.